Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's your host, Brett Allen. And on the podcast today, we have the multi-talented Amanda Bertensini. She was born and raised in Long Island, New York, and most people know her from the hit Bravo TV show, Princesses of Long Island. She is fantastic, fun, and hilarious, and we have a lovely conversation about her roles as a TV host and personality, a blogger, an entrepreneur, and recently hired as a celebrity correspondent and host for Millennium Magazine after her first pitch, made their cover story. We talk about that. We talk about her keys to success, what drives her as a creative, lessons learned from successes and failures, and all of that and much more on today's episode. Thanks for listening and being a supporter of the show. Idly hey. Welcome to another episode of the Open Mic Podcast. Prepare to be astonished with Brett Allen. Dude, we are so gonna party. A pop culture podcast. <gasps> oh! At the Open Mic, no topic is off limits. Great Odin's Raven. Join in weekly as Brett interviews your favorite celebrities from film, television, sports, music, and much more. Plus, you never know who will stop by. The mystic portal awaits. Now here is your host, Brett Allen. Thank you so much for having me, Brett. We've been working on this for a little while, I think since late November, December, and life has just gotten in the way, the holidays, everything has been happening in our country. It's crazy. How are the holidays for you? What's been keeping you busy during the pandemic? Yes, uh, thank you so much for keeping in touch and for inviting me on. What's been getting me through? Well, it's been it's been refreshing taking a pause through this whole pandemic. That's like the one thing I think we could all agree on. But at the same time, it's been madness for me. Um, career changes moving states. Um, but during the holidays, I actually we finally moved into this new place in Long Island. Okay. So we've just been like constantly fixing it up. And uh, it was it came at a good time because, you know, there's nothing better than the holidays in New York. So we couldn't wait to be here for October for, you know, um, the pumpkin patch and then Thanksgiving and Christmas. So and I celebrated all the holidays. I celebrated <laughs> Hanukkah and Christmas. So I know well, double the presents. That's what I say. <laughs> Yeah, so I am. I celebrate Hanukkah as well, and we are teaching my son, who is six, about the high holidays and Passover and all of that. So it's been fun, sort of teaching him that this year. His mom and I, although we're not together, we did sort of. Fo- we always focus on that sort of stuff. So I think the holidays are the best time. Like outside of all the madness of life that we're dealing with right now, I think we just need something to take the edge off. If anything, you know, for Christmas we had a whole Zoom Christmas with my. My family on my dad's side, who's Catholic, Italian side. And it was interesting. But at the same time, we were a lot more people were on the Zoom than would actually be there in person. Really? <laughs> I think that's been happening a lot this year, too. I feel like we're reaching out more. We're talking more to people that maybe, you know, we weren't giving, giving enough attention to um, because we can and we have the time. So if anything, that's been good. Yeah, well, I think it's funny. A lot of people kind of have been joking about that. It's like, no, you can have the holidays without the awkward conversations and the uncomfortable moments with the relatives who get too <laughs> intoxicated to be around. And so you just throw on the Zoom meeting, right? And then when you're done, you just shut the Zoom meeting off or just freeze in a pause moment. Uh, and then it's like, uh, it you're still there? So- 
Yeah, exactly. And things were happening. And uh, my boyfriend and I were just like trying to gather everything happening in each Zoom, you know, pod going on. <laughs> and then you find like all the interesting things everyone's doing. And then uh, you just turn the computer and you just like say something real quick about what's going yeah, I know. Or just yeah, like you have these pictures going on in the background. It's not a Zoom background, but it's very, I'm like, keep looking to see what's going to come up next. So I'll tell you. Yeah, it's just, one's my favorite because I yeah. feel like I'm back on the subway and I really miss going on the subway and the Long Island Railroad. Well, there's just something magical about New York City in general, especially during the holidays. And you guys were hit the hardest. I don't want to focus too much on the pandemic, but you guys were kind of I'm in the Bay Area, so we kind of caught it as well. But you guys were in the middle of all of the madness and were the first to shut down and shut down for a very long time. How did that affect you as far as your business and getting things done, your job as a radio DJ interviewing? How did that, did that throw a wrench in things or were you able to keep things going quite well? Well, actually for me, um, I had a career shift. So I had a promotion to Florida. So I moved to Florida a year and a half ago um, and to work for Cox Media Group in Miami. I was there for about a year and then COVID hit uh, basically in March. And then we started working from home and then everyone got laid off in June. A lot of people. So that hit me really hard because here I was, you know, thinking that the new things were on the horizon and here I'm getting a promotion and I basically moved my family. It's my family, a boyfriend and my dog. Sure. And they're like not relying on me, but in a way that's how I felt. And then it was just taken for me. And I felt like, oh my God, I'm in this other state. What am I going to do? So I made some calls and got an interview with uh, this dance music station, Revolution 93.5. And I ended up getting my own segment, The Tea with Amanda B. And they were really awesome. And I, I, I love working for them. They also have a huge demographic in Italy because they have um, they have a syndicated uh, radio station in Italy. Okay. And it's the biggest thing there. So our DJs are really popular also. And I love it. I love working in the radio industry. So it's it's been good, but it's had its challenges. I mean, the entertainment industry was hit really hard. I know different companies that furloughed about 500 people and then they were fired. So when I moved back here to New York, I've been, you know, working on, you know, doing everything on the computer, but I, you know, it's, it's been, it's been challenging to say the least. Yeah, I can imagine, especially in the type of work that you do, the industry that you're in, you know, it's not something like most people do. Well, I have an eight to five, you know, so I was furloughed on one job, started another, but with you, it's kind of moving from one project to the next and hoping that things are going to happen. And then, of course, the industry was hit really hard and is still hit really hard. It's crazy. Restrictions are being lifted, placed down. I had a couple interviews lined up with some TV shows and they all got kiboshed because they're not filming anymore and they don't have episodes coming out anytime soon. So they're all like, well, we don't. I had a press junket for Chicago Fire and all these. And they're just like, we can't do it right now because we just don't want to because there's nothing to talk about. So the world was introduced to you through a reality TV show on Bravo TV. I've had several Bravo family members of your on. I love you guys. They're all the best. Captain Sandy. I've had Ali Levine from Stripped. We've got your show and a couple others. Interestingly enough, this was something that you went to a casting call for, right? That's kind of how you got discovered or how did that work out? Uh, actually, it was, um, a, it started with a Facebook message. That's okay. Old school it was. <laughs> um, but that was like the 
biggest social media, obviously, at, at its time. And um, I got a Facebook message saying, hey, I think you'd be really great for this show from the casting director. And then um, she had me fill out a form that was so generic. It was like, what's your, uh, what Sex and the City character do you think <laughs> you resemble the best? Um, I said, Samantha and Carrie. Uh, I could see said, that. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that was like, that was like the hardest question for me. <laughs> that's funny. Them. That's why I remember it. It's like, that's a tough one. Cause I felt like my answer was going to be, if I was picked, how I was going to be depicted or something. Sure. I could see that. That happens a lot. Yeah, so I don't want to give the wrong answer and then be Samantha and I have to be like this, like... Say it, you're fine. Yeah, I get it. You know, you didn't want to be typecast, right? Yeah. That's it. That's okay. So, <laughs> yeah, so it was really generic and um, one thing led to another and we all just basically ended up filming in different ways together. And then a few months later, I got a contract sent to me and it, it was greenlit. It was going to be called the Gold Coast Girls. That's what it was originally named. And then I really had no clue what network it was going to be on. It just said NBC, but it didn't say which network. Interesting. And, um, so, you know, it could have been a bunch of stuff and I didn't know if it was going to be one episode that I was going to be in or a whole season. I really didn't know what it was going to be. Um, and it was scary. And at the time I had a job, so I had to quit my job. I was told I couldn't keep it and, you know, enter this like new stage of my life that um, I never thought was going to be what it was and be on Bravo. I thought, you know, maybe we're going to be on oxygen or something. No, not that. <laughs> That's funny. When it was Bravo, I was like, oh my God, oxygen. are we going to be like the young housewives, you know, of, of our generation? Like what, what are, what are we going to be? So, cause Vanderpump Rules, I think just came out. Yes. Um, while we were waiting to air. And I remember having that feeling like, oh shit, is that going to be our competition? <laughs> and yeah. they've gone on several seasons to say the least. Yeah. Very interesting. I find the world of reality TV so peculiar and so fascinating. Again, I've had a lot of different reality types on the show. I get what you're saying as far as how you answer questions, because those shows for people who don't know, but if you've been listening to my show, you know, the golden secret to a lot of these is, is that they are all very calculated and they know who's going to do what, even down to some of these shows where who they're going to date. I mean, it's all very mathematical in the process. So what you're seeing is just a very small snapshot of what's going on behind the scenes. Oftentimes characters or people on these shows are portrayed in a certain way. Do you feel that you were given a correct portrayal of your personality when you were on the show? Not at all. Um, I mean, listen, I, well, I think it was just an exaggerated version. Sure, of course. I think that a lot of my one-liners were obviously in the confessionals. When you do your confessionals, it's like your time to shine. So right. if anything, I had these really funny one-liners. Like I said, put a yacht on it, you know, meaning put a ring on it. Like, I don't even know what that means. And it just sounds so superficial. And it's like not even how I am. Um, not at all. I don't get that at all. No, it's great. I'm it's really not, not. Not even a little bit. <laughs> yeah. If anyone that knows me knows that. And so it was just an exaggerated version, but you know, my personality is my personality. I am over the top in a lot of ways. And, um, but at the same time, I think that it was also, um, a growing stage for me. And, and when I look back at it, it's like, wow, I, I was 25 at the time and I had so much drive in, in this business I was creating because, and I, and I felt like so naive also watching it back. Um, I felt like I was definitely naive, you know, because I was younger and just not as experienced with life. 
So when you look back at it, it's like, wow, I've really come this far. So it's also a good sentiment uh, to look back on. Yeah, well, it's obviously paid off very well for you. And don't bury the headline. You've worked very hard. You're a hardcore entrepreneur. You don't just sit around and expect any of this to be handed to you, Amanda. And that's one of the things that's kind of a checkbox for me because it's like, well, you know, you get on these shows and it's just, you just don't know what you're going to get. So fast forward, here we are now, you have a very successful career and you're doing a lot of things. I know for myself and other people, we struggle with this idea of false humility or I don't deserve to be here. Kind of the topic of imposter syndrome where it's like, do this can't possibly be. Did you ever, or do you ever struggle with that in what you do as far as like just keeping the train going and moving on from the next project to the next project without letting that stand in your way and keep you from stepping into the continued success that you have? Well, do you mean uh, in the way where we kind of just keep going with ourselves and we don't really stop to take a breath? Yeah, I mean, essentially. So again, we're not live radio, so we can kind of flesh this out a little bit. Uh, Break here. Just so kind of the idea of like, I don't really deserve this, but you do deserve it because you've worked hard. That's That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. It's kind of an existential question, but I like to ask that because a lot of times we go, oh, I'm so humble. I don't deserve this. But really, there's a certain level of it that you do deserve because you've worked hard, right? Yeah. But you know what? When you said that, I always feel like I don't deserve it. Sure, of course. Like that all the time. And people always have to tell me, you know, are always in my corner and and telling me, you know, and lifting me up. But um, I never feel like I'm deserving of all these things. And it's so crazy because I, I went to school, I went to college for media. I went to, you know, school for what I'm doing, journalism and all that stuff. Exactly. So it's like, why wouldn't I deserve that? And then I did have a little wrench in the system where the reality show did put me back a few years, I felt, because I was also in that momentum where I kept thinking that Bravo would somehow bring us back or something oh, okay. would happen. I kept thinking that that was going to happen. And it took me a while to get that out of my head um, because there were still companies that wanted to reach out to us and have us, you know, be brand ambassadors for things. And things were still going on. So I didn't think that um, I should think of a different career until, you know, like, a, you know, a year and a half goes on and you're like, okay, I got to think about something else now. You're not and bringing us back. There's no reality reunion. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I finished up my, my drink cakey line and then put my whole self into being a host and finding my craft and correspondent work. I took boot camp classes, all this like telemarketing, not telemarketing, I'm sorry, teleprompter um, classes, like all, all these things to better myself. And I really started from like the bottom and I really taught myself. I just signed up for backstage like anyone else. And I was looking for roles and doing that thing myself. And actually the first gig I got was called What's Happening New York with the Society of Unique Artists. They run the whole Manhattan Neighborhood Network, which is like the cable news network of, you know, where you live. And um, now I'm actually, um, you know, I had my car accident while we had to postpone our interview. So I was going to get started. Um, I'm going to be a host again for what's happening in New York. So it's really exciting because New York took such a hit and we were figuring out how we were going to make sense of it because I was a field reporter at the time. So I was on the scene in the streets, um, whereas now it's a different world. So we're going to be in the studio and have guests on and cover different topics. You know, it's not just going to be entertainment. You know, I'm also going to bring on lots of charities that I'm working with and just 
highlight New York businesses and, you know, just try and get up and running again and promote people as best as possible. So that's going to start after February. So just trying to change with the times and and figure out what the next move is and how it's going to make sense. Yeah, it's a brave new world, so to speak. And I really don't think we even know what the new normal is going to look like. I feel like we're just miles and miles away from that. I was reading an article, the company, I can never remember this, that does the real ID and sort of the passport system to fly on airplanes is coming up with a system where you'll have to have like a passport of your shots and your vaccination yeah. and if you've been tested. That. And it's going to probably be a big key into allowing people to get into concerts specifically like sporting events, they have people self-test, but I think it's going to be a much bigger thing. But I digress on that. I think you're doing great. You recently did an interview with uh, rapper Christina Valentine, which is very cool. And uh, I bet that was fun. So you that interviewed is, yeah, a lot of awesome. people, crazy people. Yeah. Yeah. I've interviewed a lot of people and and people ask me like- Or Justina Valentine. I stand corrected. Yeah. Justina Valentine. Yeah. Um, she's from all and out and I love her and uh, she was at resorts world casino. So I covered her with overdrive productions and she was such a, a hit. She made me play this game that was hysterical. Um, my boyfriend was actually there with me and she dragged him in and I'm not even going to repeat it on the podcast, but like she, she made us say like, would you rather basically type That's of thing funny. and uh, shifted the whole, like I was supposed to interview her and just basically she started taking over and then interviewed me <laughs> and yeah. it was fun though. But I've never had a bad experience with a celebrity. That's usually something people want to know. And thank God I haven't I haven't had one yet. Maybe it's because I don't like put up with a lot of shit. I don't know. Maybe I just roll with punches. Well, yeah, I well, I think it has to do with personality and decorum and how you conduct yourself. I never have either. I've kind you? of had uncomfortable moments in the sense of asking a question and they don't really maybe go, huh, I've never thought about it. And they kind of go, well, nobody's asked me that before before. But yeah, I think, you know, it just comes down to all your practice and, and all your skill sets that you have as an individual. You conduct yourself well. So yeah, I don't think, and people ask me that too. They're like, have you had any bad experiences? And I've interviewed a lot of celebrities and it's like, not really, you know, they're normal people just like everybody else. And you never know what kind of mood they're going to be in or right. how you're going to catch them because you could be number 20 of a hundred interviews for that day. So I just try and keep it simple and and make people feel comfortable. You've done a lot in your career. You've covered a lot of things. A couple questions as we wrap up here. Is there anything that you would do differently that would have changed your trajectory as an entertainer and performer influencer? Or would you have just kept everything the same? To be honest with you, I think that everything that I've gone through in life um, has just shaped me into a stronger person. So I don't, I feel like I've been doing everything I can, uh, the, you know, to to be the best me that I can be. Um, and I really try and balance work and life really well. So I think I'm doing a good job. <laughs> and after this uh, whole move back to New York, uh, I just feel really excited for the next chapter. And I'm still going and, and trying to still figure out, you know, what's going to be my, my full-time job for 2021. I think we're all thinking that in some way and how we're going to, you know, make sense of it and make it work. Am I going to be in my house? Am I going to be in the studio more? I, you know, I hope I'm going to be in the studio. Yeah, I think we're all anxious 
to get back to that place and, and really just continue on with our lives. Amanda, thank you so much. If people want to connect with you on social media, learn more about you, listen to your radio show, all the wonderful things that you're doing, how can they do so? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter at the real Amanda B underscore and on Instagram at the real Amanda B underscore. And I have my own Facebook page, uh, Amanda Burton Stini. So check it out. I'm also on Cameo if you want to book me to send a birthday message or to wish you good luck on a job interview. You know, break up I'm with a real break up a real in a relationship. I've heard celebrities say they get asked to break up with a girlfriend. Oh, or a wow. Oh, my God. I'm, you know, listen, if, if, if you need me, I'm there for you. I'll figure it out. <laughs> right. Amanda, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. I had so much fun. You're so sweet. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.